that was great. But anyway, I, you know what? I, I would hear, you know, people say, don't you want to be a Christian? But this is like it, don't you want to be a Christian? Like that? No. It looked like Christians were baptized in pickle juice, right? It just, they just weren't very happy. In fact, they were grouchy people. And when I first got saved, I was kind of grouchy myself because I was so, I was angry that the church I'd gone to for all my life, every time the doors opened, had never told me about being born again. So I was mad at the church. That's a bad way to start off. But thank God, you know, God helped me and helped them too, got rid of me, and so that was good for them. The life is a journey. Now, in the, in the Old Testament, we read about the people of Israel. Remember when they came out of Egypt? What a group. I'm telling you, when I get to heaven, I'm going to pat old Moses on the back and say, good for you, because those people were just jerks. I mean, they were hard people. That always encourages me when people don't treat me right. I think, at least I don't have the group that he had. They were just crazy. But God still loved them and wanted to deliver them. But there was one time God wanted to burn them up. He wanted to make crispy critters out of them. And Moses, Moses asked God not to do it. Really, Moses? They want to stone you. They want to kill you. And you go, no, God, don't kill them. I would have said, kill them. No, Moses loved those people. So it says in Numbers 21, Then they set out from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient because of the journey. The King James Version says the people were much discouraged because of the way. There's a lot of people today that are impatient because of the journey. They, they, they're just not content. Are they discouraged because of the way? Well, this, like, like Kim said, you know, you sow your seed and it's like, well, just doesn't seem to be working. Listen, there's, in the walk of faith, there's going to be seasons where it doesn't seem that things are working. Do you remember the story of Daniel who prayed and the, and the Bible says that the angel was fighting in the heavenlies and he, he for 21 days he was wrestling with the prince of Persia the demonic uh, uh, demon that was over Persia he was wrestling with him in the heavenlies but Daniel doesn't know that Daniel didn't have a vision seeing that <coughs> what does Daniel know it's, it's day one it's day two, it's day nine, it's day 11. Daniel didn't know what was going on. This is the one thing I've learned is that we don't know what's happening in the scripture. But we can be assured of one thing, it's for our good. <coughs> God is on our side, amen? And so... Daniel, when the angel finally came to me, he said, I, I was the sign or I came or I answered on the first day you prayed, but I've been fighting you. In other words, there was opposition. you got to know that the devil is opposing you getting your victory. There's opposition in the spirit. And if you're clueless to that, wake up, let me tell you. Some people think, well, I'll get born again and everything will just be fine. Well, sorry to tell you, you get born again, there becomes a target on your back. Because as long as you're serving the devil, he doesn't care about you. Right? You don't cause him any trouble. In fact, you're probably one of his best advertisements. So he's not going to bug you that much. But you get born again, you become his enemy. And he's out to what? John 10, 10, Jesus said, he's out to steal, 
to kill and destroy. But aren't you glad that that, that verse doesn't have a period there, right? Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, that you might have a journey to enjoy abundant life. So that means that we might have some trials. We will. It might mean we'll have some tests. We will. It might mean we'll have trouble. We will. But the Bible says many. I wish it didn't say many. But it does say many. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Don't you wish it would say not too much? There's not too many afflictions of the righteous. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be better? But no, it says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But here we go. But, glory to God, the Lord delivers them out of them all. All. What's that word, all? There is not anything, affliction of any sort, physical, mental, financial, relational, uh, whatever. There is not any affliction that the Lord has not already paid the price through the Lord Jesus dying on the cross that you can be delivered. There's not one. He said, when God says all, he means all. He's not like people today, you know, people come to the pastor sometimes and say, all, you know, all the people are saying such and such. Oh, really? Who said that? Well, all of them are saying that. Well, just name me one. Well, I can't do that. All is not all. When the devil tells you all, you know, all your money is going to be gone, know what he's talking about because God is in charge of my money if the devil's trying to steal my money I got God on my side who's going to deliver me amen hallelujah so the Bible says that that they were discouraged because of the way and many times we Christians we become discouraged because of the way we get weary in well-doing as Kim was reading to us today we get tired we get discouraged, frustrated. Those are, don't you understand, those are fleshly things. So if, if I don't live in the flesh, I'm not going to experience that. So I have to walk in the Spirit. Do you understand? Wouldn't it be wonderful if I could stand up here and tell you, I tell you what, I walk in the Spirit 24-7, I never have any of those feelings. Wouldn't that be wonderful? You wouldn't believe it because you've seen me. But but we can. Amen. Glory. Okay, John 10, 10 in the Amplified says it this way. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. God came that you could enjoy life. Do you know you're supposed to be enjoying this trip? And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Enjoyment to the full till it overflows. I'm telling you, that's a good life. Some Christians are just surviving. Some are maintaining. And when you find yourself and you find yourself in a maintenance mode, you're almost backsliding. Because God's calling us to always press on. Press higher. And I know, man, I tell you, sometimes you've been, you know, as, as uh, Paul said, he's been buffeted. I mean, buffet means, you know, blow after blow after blow. You've been that way sometimes. It feels like, well, that went wrong, and that went wrong, and that went wrong. Man, what else is going to go wrong? And you feel like you've been just hit, 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 hit. And in those times, sometimes you just say, man, I'm just doing good to get to church. Don't ask me to jump up and run around the church. I'm, hey, I'm here. You ought to celebrate. I'm here. 
am I the only one that's had that experience? You know, it's like, glory to God, I made it to church. Oh, brother, they want us all to run around the church. Oh, gosh. You want a designated runner, you know. Brent, be my designated runner. Run around the church for me. Okay. So, amen. So, sometimes we get in that maintenance mode, and, and that's okay for a momentary, uh, you know, just a light affliction type thing. But you got, you've got to move in. Because if you stay there, you will, you will eventually back. You'll go backwards. Because you, you, you'll just get comfortable with it. You know, even in the natural, they know that if you do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit, right? So if I miss church tonight, well, then it's easier to miss church the next Wednesday night. Oh, I'll go to church on Sunday. Now, I'm talking to the choir. You're here on Wednesday night, praise the Lord. But let's talk about, you know, anything about that God's talking to you about. If you... If you decide, I'm not going to do that, and you know God's telling you to do it, but it's like, well, you know, God, surely you understand it's been a tough week. You ever told God that? Did he say, oh, I'm sorry, Brownie, I forgot. You had a tough week. But if you allow that, you will eventually back up. And at some point, you're going to have to stop and decide, I'm going forward. And here's the good news. God will take you forward. He won't condemn you for doing that. He'll encourage you to come on. Come on. Amen? And that's what we're supposed to encourage one another. If you see a brother or sister, the Bible says you go to them and encourage them. You don't go beat them up. You go encourage. You know, chickens, they, they you know, they see a speck of blood on one of them and they all just gather around him they just kill that chicken well sometimes the church is like that sorry to say they see one christian not doing so good and everybody jumps on them you think that christian goes home and goes boy i was glad i went to church today it was a fun day today i felt picked on by everybody well praise the lord we are to be encouragers. I tell you, the devil will tell you this. He'll say, now, you can't go back to church because you've been gone for so many days or whatever, you, or they all know you did such and such. And that's what the devil will say. But I tell you, one thing I, I know about this church, they are, there's open arms. Somebody comes in, they just run to love on them. You, you know, that's, it's the love of God, amen? But God forbid that we ever get where we're judgmental. We, we ought to be like Jesus, amen? Jesus has his arms wide open. Aren't you glad? When, you, when we mess up, Jesus isn't standing there beating us up. He's saying, come here, come here, amen? He'll correct you, but he'll do it with the word. He's not going to beat you with a stick. He'll do it with the word. So, praise the Lord, we want to get out of maintenance mentality, survival mentality. But how are we going to get to where we can enjoy? i got a couple of things we can do. We can't cover all the things. There's many things you can do. One of them is be content where you are. Because if you're, if you're on a journey and you're always wanting to be somewhere else, you'll never be happy where you are. Amen? Ever been there? I, I, we used to drive to Texas. It's a 36-hour drive to my mom's house. And we would leave Loon Lake, and we would get to Turtleford, or not even to Turtleford. There's railroad tracks going to Turtleford. So we're not even an hour away from home. And Liberty said, are we there yet? I looked at David and said, it's going to be a long trip. And so we'd say, look, it's beautiful. Look at this. She didn't care. She wanted to be in Texas. So she was not happy for the journey because she wanted to be in Texas. So the whole trip, it was, are we there yet? No, we're still in Canada. Cross the border. Are we there yet? 
nowhere in Minot, North Dakota. Next day, same question. Well, we as Christians are many times wanting to get somewhere that God has told us we're going. We, we know where we're going. God's told you, you've got some dreams in your heart. You, you know what God wants you to do. You're excited about it. But you, you're not happy where you are because I just want to be there. Amen? And God has a reason that you're still here, so he's preparing you to be there. There's a preparation time, amen? So you've got to learn to enjoy, so be content. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says, But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied with contentment. Now, I learned that in King James, and it says this in King James. Godliness with contentment is great reward. You know when I learned that scripture? When I was living in an Agco trailer in Loon Lake at 40 below zero in January 1979, coming from Texas, never seen any frozen stuff in my life except my dog's water dish. And I, I, I'm in a little trailer. There's hot water lasts for 30 seconds if you're lucky. I baked cookies. The, the oven burned them. There was, didn't work. We didn't have any money. Nobody was being nice to us. Well, uh, no, there were a couple being nice, but that was about it. And, and I remember I, was, I went in that bedroom, and I was saying, God, I left my mama, I left my family, I left my church, I left everything to come serve you up here in Loon Lake, Saskatchewan. But I didn't know that we wouldn't have a house. You live in an Axo trailer that had no insulation. I didn't know, God, that we wouldn't have any money for food. I didn't know. And so I'm just telling God about it. And I said, now, God, I'm going to serve you. Now, David was out ice fishing that day because that's when I could really complain. It's easier to complain when you're by yourself. There's nobody that says, stop being stupid. So I, I was, you know, complaining. And this scripture rose up in my heart. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And I knew what God was saying. I went, I'm sorry. Thank you for this trailer. Thank you that we're not hungry. Somebody put a moose on the doorstep. I mean, I think it was moose. Some kind of meat. We were grateful. And I, I learned that if I'll be content with what God gives me, then I can live godly and God will increase me. But if I complain about what I have, why would God give me anything else? So I had to be content. Now, listen, contentment doesn't mean that you don't strive for something better. You understand? But you don't complain. You're, you know what, God, I understand you're working. Contentment means I'm at peace. God's working. I don't know what he's doing, but I thank God he's working. Amen? Living with your, you know, the Bible talks about husbands and wives living in an understanding way with each other. And that if you don't, your prayers are hindered. Your prayers are hindered if you refuse to live in an understanding way with your husband or wife. That's big time news, isn't it? That means if I, I just refuse to try to understand what he's thinking, try to understand his way of doing, if I refuse that, then my prayers are hindered. Why is that? Because God wants us to live in peace. So listen, men and women think differently, right? Well, I got, uh, or are you afraid you're, you're going to get hit by your spouse or something? <laughs> Thank you. You know, men, men can just have it out with each other. Just fight and fuss and have it out. And then 
30 minutes later, let's go do something. And they go off together. You go, what? Women, just one little word. Well, then, for a whole week. And men don't understand that. It's like, what's with you? Well, you said such and such. I did? I don't even remember that. Well, I remember. Little hint, men. Women remember. Little hint, women. Forgive. Live in an understanding way. Men don't care about what you care about. They don't care. They love you, but they don't care. Men, she don't care either. When you got you want to come in and you want to talk about this, you know, this great moose you saw as you were driving and how big it was, she doesn't care. You saw a moose, get over it. So we live in an understanding way. You go, oh, great, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and when she starts telling you how she's going to decorate the house, you go, oh, <laughs> yay. <laughs> Am I doing all the work? Yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> Number two, be thankful for what you have. Big deal. You know what? Some people, oh, I want a new car. I want a new car. You go look at their car. It's all, I mean, it's trashy. They don't keep it clean. They don't take care of it. Why would God give you a new car? You don't take care of what you have. You've got to be thankful. Value what you have. Amen? Scripture for that, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, that your request be made known unto God. Colossians 3, Pastor Johnson's been preaching on Colossians, and he, he went to this scripture lately. Let the, let the peace of Christ, let the peace of Christ, rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. You know what? Be thankful that you're called into one body, the body of Christ. And then be thankful for the body of Christ. Be thankful. Be thankful. for We're going over to the Philippines. We're going to go and we're going to minister to 85 to 100 uh, churches are represented in our leadership conference that we're having. We're going to minister to the ministers so that they can go out and minister to their people so you touch a lot more people. Kim and Liberty will be doing uh, crusades in, in really poor areas with children. I tell you, I promise you there'll be hundreds saved. Because we all, I mean, because we know how God works. We got the faith for it. We can tell you that's what's going to happen. And they'll be baptized in the Holy Ghost. There'll be miracle healing. And then we're going into three different areas that are, are uh, unreached. And we're going in there to preach the gospel and, and uh, so that a church can be established. Have an indigenous pastor come in there. So maybe next year we can help build a church in some of those places. But see, all those things are because we are thankful for what we have. We, we work out of thankfulness. Amen? We are thankful that we, we have food to eat. So when we go over there, we feed them. We don't, we don't ask those pastors to feed us. We feed them. We feed the children. We feed the youth. We feed the women at the women's conference. We're going to be doing all that, but we're, it's because it's, it's out of a heart of thankfulness and love. You know what? It's not to, so that we can come back home and tell you this, is, you know, this is what God did through us. We are very mindful that God used a donkey once to preach. So we are just vessels. As one preacher says, we're just anointed clay. 
Amen? But he does need us. The Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? How can the preacher go unless he be sent? So this is why it's out of thankfulness that we enjoy the journey. I'm thankful that I have an opportunity to go. I'm thankful that our church is a giving church so that we can have an opportunity to sow into a nation of a mainly Muslim island. Mindanao is still very dangerous for us to go, according to our government. But it's not dangerous when God says go. We have, we have Holy Ghost help. Amen. So praise the Lord. We can enjoy the journey because we're content and we're thankful. You can enjoy your journey of faith if you're content and you're thankful. If you're complaining, let me tell you, if you start getting a critical spirit, and you're critical of people, you're critical of how things are done, you're critical of your family, you're critical of people, of you know other things, your work, whatever, let me tell you, you won't enjoy your journey. Critical people are not happy people. Have you ever, have you ever caught yourself in a critical spirit? I would assume we all have. Uh, you might be the exception to the rule, but I think everybody has had the occasion to be critical. I certainly have, and I'm sure that I would say everybody in the room has. But you don't have to give in to it. But if you do start giving into it, you'll start getting unhappy. So when you start getting unhappy, check yourself first. Say, am I content? Am I thankful? Am I giving into a critical spirit? Am I a complainer? Then repent of those things. Amen? And go back, and I tell you, when you understand that God's got this thing, he's got it. I love when God says to me, Brownie, I got it. That's so good. I'm telling you, I've been in airports before. I was just in this situation, and it didn't look good at all. And it was like I heard the Lord say, I mean, flights were being canceled and things were just crazy. And uh, I wanted to get home. And I, it was just like I could hear the Lord say, just relax. Because I was getting a little stressed. So just relax, I got it. Now, that takes faith, doesn't it? When God says, I got it, you got to take it by faith. Amen. So you need to learn to enjoy the place you are right now spiritually. But keep pressing on. So everybody, you're in a place spiritually, but don't you want to go higher with the Lord? Don't you want to go deeper in the Spirit? Amen? But if you don't enjoy, here's, what I, here's an example. When your children, if you've had children, don't you enjoy, you have to enjoy every phase of their life, right? I, you love that newborn. Oh, man, you... Newborns smell so good, don't they? You just like the smell right there, right there. Oh, my goodness. And they, you just like to pinch their cheeks and kiss on them. Newborns are great. And then, then they get, you know, like a year old, and they start to be able to, you know, let you know things and sort of communicate with you. Oh, those are fun. Then the terrific twos come. Now, we didn't have terrible twos. We had terrific twos. You can hear what you say. We had terrific twos. And oh, I love the terrific twos. They were so fun. So every stage was fun. And, and we enjoyed every stage. I love my children now. I love the stage of having adult children that we, we I mean, Liberty and I were preaching the word to each other today. I love that. That's a different stage, but I love that stage. Well, in your spiritual journey, you have different stages. So don't start, you know, what if when Liberty was born and I'm, I'm kissing that little newborn and saying, gee, I wish you were an adult so I could talk to you. No, I wanted her to be the baby. Amen? But listen, when she got to be five, I didn't want her to act like a newborn. Act like a five-year-old. But enjoy the fight. So in your spiritual, your spiritual journey, 
learn to enjoy where you are. Instead of regretting that you're not there or looking at someone else and saying, I wish I was like them. The Bible says it's not wise to compare yourself with one another. It's just not wise. Can I say it in brownie talk? It's stupid. It's just dumb. Because God didn't make me to be Elizabeth. I, Elizabeth can do so many great things. She's got such a sweet spirit. I love to be around Elizabeth. And oh, I tell you, when I'm at home and I see something that needs to be done, and I go, I wonder how I could do that. And I'm trying to figure, but Elizabeth can do it. I don't say I wish I was Elizabeth. I just thank God I know Elizabeth. But I like to be around her. I like to hear Elizabeth talk about the Lord. Amen? It encourages me. But I'm not, it's not wise if I compare myself with Elizabeth. I wish I was like Elizabeth. I'm not like Elizabeth because God didn't make me to be Elizabeth. He made me to be Brownie. So it's not good when you keep looking at somebody and say, I want to be like them. Now, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But he wasn't looking for everybody to be a little Paul. He was just saying, watch how I do it. See, leaders, we have to say, look, at, you want to know how to live by faith? Look at me. Hey, you've heard my testimony. I tell you how when the doctor says you're going to die, you can live. I tell you how when you're paralyzed from the waist down, you can walk out walking and leaping and praising God. I've told you stories. I tell you when your loved one goes to heaven unexpectedly, how great grace can come on you and you can walk through it with joy. That's an example. Follow me as I follow Christ. But don't be me because you'll be miserable. Not that I'm miserable. can be miserable but God made you to be you and enjoy you look in the mirror and say I, I love you I don't do it every day all the day long it's kind of it's kind of sickening but you know ah. as believers we must learn to not fret about what we don't see happening and learn to walk by faith. Faith is this. What is faith? Let, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Or as one translation says, are perceived by the five physical senses. So I have to walk by faith. That means I can't feel it, see it, taste it, whatever, hear it. I can't perceive it with my five senses. But I know I'm doing it. I know it's there. Amen? I see when I start praying over the Philippines and when I start thinking about what God wants me to do, I see people getting healed. I see miracles happen. We've always had miracles. We've had outstanding miracles. But you know what? If I just go over there this year and when I'm not praying about it, I know it always happens. It won't happen. I got to have it. I got to see it with my, my faith. I gotta believe for it. I gotta have you believe for it. So we'll have us. We'll have it. Okay, let's go right to Matthew eleven twenty eight. <clears throat> Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now when it says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, that literally says, come to me, all who work to exhaustion. Do you know you can work to exhaustion to please the Lord? And it's not pleasing to him. He says, come to me. And it says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, that's, that literally says, for my yoke is comfortable, my yoke is pleasant. So if your journey is not comfortable and pleasant, now listen, there's challenges and you'll have some faith fights. But if you, the overall that you say, it's, this is easy because I'm yoked in with Jesus. You can't be yoked in if you're ahead of him. 
that's going to be painful yoking. You yoke that that's like oxen yoked together. And so they each had equal. So Jesus is walking with me, and I, I let him lead the way. And I just follow. And he said, if you'll do that, then it's easy. So if, I, if I'm finding this Christian walk hard, you know, at first, my first camp meeting, Dave and I just moved to Canada, and, and we went to Onion Lake. Oh, my Lord. Everybody was given testimony. And uh, now I'll ask my wife to come up and testify. And have a song, right, Audrey? Yeah, yeah. She'll have a song, and then she'll, then, okay, I'm going to ask Sister So-and-so to come up, and she'll have a testimony. And then I'll have my husband come up. And, and, <laughs> and most of the testimonies, listen, were like this. It is so hard to be a Christian. It's so hard. Well, I'm, you know, I'm just brand new, and I was not quite as calm and gentle as I am now. For one thing, it was getting colder and colder under that tent, and it's 1030, and they still haven't given the pulpit to David to preach. And I'm going... David, please don't. Finally, I had enough. I said, the Bible says, the way of the transgressor is hard. So if it's hard, you're a transgressor. <laughs> and I only said it not that loud, but I did say it out loud. And my husband told me, And I said, David, they need to know. They're all saying it's so hard. Who would want to be? You're going to give a salvation message? Who wants to become a Christian? All the Christians got up and said, it's so hard. But it's hard. Who wants? Anybody want to become a Christian tonight? <laughs> it's hard. The way of the Lord is easy. You've got to be tough. You've got to fight some battles. But let me tell you, I'm a strong woman. I'm strong in faith. I'm strong. I'm a strong woman. I'm strong-willed. I know I can do. I can be tough. But listen, I also know that if I try to tough it out, they're going to write on my tombstone, here lies old Tuffy. I'll be dead because I didn't let God do it. That's not a good testimony. Let God get in the yoke with you. Let me read this to you in the Ben Campbell Johnson. And I asked, I asked uh, Brother Barry to type it out because it's not in our program. Ben Campbell Johnson is a great little paraphrase. And he says it this way. He's quoting uh, Matthew 11, uh, 29. Ready? Aim. Okay. Ready? I told you I was going to do this. Praise the Lord for Barry. Hallelujah. I appreciate him putting the messages online so people all the world can hear the word preached. You just tell me. Okay, why don't I just go ahead? If he finds it, y'all can go. It says this, take the burden of responsibility that I give you. Did you hear that? Jesus said, take the burden of responsibility that I give you and thereby discover your life and your destiny. You guys are great. I am gentle and humble. I'm willing to relate to you and to permit you to learn at your own rate. Then in fellowship with me, you will discover the meaning of your life. Now listen, look at that. Take the burden of responsibility that I give you. 
there was an opportunity that came up this week, and 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 uh, I was praying over something, and this scripture came to me. And the Lord said, "Take the burden of responsibility that I give you." You know why you're worn out in the journey sometimes? You're doing things God didn't tell you to do. You're doing things people told you to do. You're doing things that you never were called to do. Now listen, in a local church, there's times that we all step up and we do things. We might not have be called to do it, but it's time we all work together. There's certain times. But I'm talking about, you know, you got to inquire of the Lord. What have I taught you? If I've taught you one thing in the last three years is one of the things I've taught you is inquire of the Lord about everything, right? Inquire of the Lord. Ask the Lord. Don't give a yes or no. And even if people are pressuring you, you know you should do this, you should do this. Just a minute. And then I, I go and say, what, what are you telling me? I want to take the burden of responsibility that you give me. In other words, if God gives me the burden of responsibility, it's not going to be hard. It'll be peaceful. I'm telling you, if you are upset, if there's a, you know, upset in you over something, you better stop right there. Because the peace of God, let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. How does that, in other words, the peace of God becomes your umpire. And so, listen, if you don't have peace, you better stop and wait till you get peace about anything listen even even in in the like me going and traveling now you know what i get clothes out before i go and i put them up and i put them hang them in my dressing room and i say lord what do you want me to take what do i take for this i i inquire of the lord oh that's just stupid brownie well may be stupid to you, but I'd rather be on the way of the Lord than not. So I think that, that many times we don't inquire of the Lord. And many times we let people tell us. This is, this is important in these days because when people tell you something, if it doesn't witness in your heart, if you already immediately you get an uneasy feeling, then don't do it. Maybe you're supposed to do it. I'm not saying that means you don't do it, but maybe you need to wait till the peace comes. When the peace comes, then do it. Hey, I'm teaching you fundamental Christianity. Most Christians don't even know how to do this. That This is so important that you walk in the peace of God. That you walk, because people are always going to be pressuring you to do something, expecting you to do something. Now, you do what the Word says. Like Kim says, the Bible tells us to give. I don't have to, have, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't have to ask the Lord, do I give? No, I know I'm supposed to give. But now I do ask the Lord, who do I give? Where do I give? I know I'm supposed to give in my local church. It says that our tithe go to the storehouse so that we might re have food to eat. In other words, we're fed. Where we get fed, that's where our, our tithe goes. I know that. So I don't have to inquire of the Lord of things that are in the Bible. But now, if, you know, someone called me the other day. I got an invitation to go preach someplace. And honest, I, I was so booked at that time that it was going to be an inconvenience for me to go there. And so I didn't even, they, I got an email, actually. They didn't call it first. They emailed me first. I didn't answer the email because I really just put it aside. But I just, I don't think I can do that. I didn't pray about it. I just put it aside because I, I was thinking, that's, I know my schedule then. It's really tight. And so I just put it aside. But the Lord kept bringing it up to me. And I said, well, Lord, you want me to go do that? And I felt like the Lord said yes. Well, that very morning, I had I'd come in the office and I had a note on my desk. Call this woman. 
While I am in that office, she calls. Just want to know, can you come speak for us? Well, see, I already had inquired of the Lord. But it took me a while because I just didn't have peace because I was looking at schedules. But you know what? God knows my schedule. And when I finally got quiet and could hear God, he brought it up. I didn't bring it up. He brought it up to me. You need to go do that. Well, then I knew if God says I need to go do that, then it'll be okay. Everything will work out. I'll be fine. So I had to have that peace. Here's the thing, church. No matter what is pressuring you, if it's work, if it's family, whatever it is, if you feel pressure, you've got to go to God and get some peace. Pressure is not of God. If someone is pressuring you, even in the church, that is not of God. It never is God. God never pressures us. Now, God will keep poking at you sometimes. That's it. There's a difference. But God nudging you and then feeling pressure. And if you don't have peace, you know what? I, I'm okay with somebody that says, you know what, Pastor Brownie? I just don't have peace about that right now. Hey, I am really good because I know they're inquiring of the Lord. I know they're waiting for that peace. And even if I know in my spirit they're supposed to do that, I go to the Lord and say, God, they don't feel that peace, so you know what, God? You talk to them about it. It's off of me. Even if I know they're supposed to and they say, I don't have peace, I can't pressure them and say, well, then I don't care if you have peace or not, I know you're supposed to do this. Then they're doing it out of, out of pressure and they won't enjoy the journey. Amen? Well, glory. So, we have to know what God's telling us to do. And this is one thing the Lord said to me this afternoon. He said, instead of letting the Holy Spirit work in us and change us from glory to glory, we try to do that ourselves. He said, we become the Holy Spirit's helper instead of him being our helper. We become the Holy Spirit's helper instead of him being our helper. And that's why you're out of order. Have you ever felt like you're going to help the Holy Spirit? I remember the Lord telling me one time, I was trying to get somebody saved and I was doing all I could and the Holy Spirit said, quit trying to be the Holy Spirit. I went, oh. I never, I never thought about I was the Holy Spirit. But I, I was like the Holy Spirit to this person. I would tell them, this is what's going to happen. This is what you need to do. This is what I, was, I mean, I was just giving the report every day. Thinking that if they knew that I'm telling them that if they don't give their heart to Jesus, this is going to happen, that they'll give their heart to Jesus. Guess what? They didn't. And when he said, quit being the Holy Spirit, I backed off. They got saved in like six days. Man, I wish I'd known that earlier. So the day the Lord said, we, we become the Holy Spirit's helper instead of letting him be our helper. Huh. So let's do what Jesus said. Jesus in John 5, 30 said this, Amplified says, I'm able to do nothing for myself independently and of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders. Even as I hear, I judge, I decide as I am bidden to decide. As the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. And my judgment is right, just, and righteous because I do not seek, here it is, I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself. If we, isn't that love? Isn't that walking in perfect love? I desire not to do my own will. I desire not to please myself. If we all would walk like that, wouldn't we walk in perfect love? Because we would always be wanting to please the Father. And so it wouldn't matter what people thought of us. It wouldn't matter what people said about us because it's not about us. So we don't take it personally. We go, it's not about me. I don't seek my will. This is what Jesus said. This is Jesus. 
He said, I don't, I don't do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. I want that to be our prayer here at the Word Church, that we only want to do. Jesus says, only do what I see the Father do. Only say what I hear the Father say. I, that is so in me, it's been in me for months. God, let me only do what I see you do. Let me only say what I see you say. Because I want Brownie to decrease and Jesus to increase. Because when that happens, then all those earthly things that bug us, frustrate us, discourage us in the way, don't discourage us because it's not... It doesn't come come hit us because it's it's not about me. It's not about my will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when I get up in the morning, it's about your will, Lord Jesus. Well, but Brownie's will wants to to play today. It's my will to play. Yes, God will give you a play day. But what if it's not his will that day? Maybe he's got a job for you to do. Maybe he's got an assignment. It's got to be his will. But I'll not know that if I'm complaining, if I'm discontent. So we must inquire of the Lord. We must learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. We must let peace be our umpire. And we must say, this is the way I'm going to walk in. And when I walk on this journey, I'll be happy. I'll be fulfilled. And at the end of the journey, I'll hear my Lord and Savior say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28, 29, 30? He said, Then if you'll, if you'll take my yoke upon you, if you'll take the burden of responsibility that I give you, then you will find rest for your soul. You need to be restful. You need to be peaceful. And how do you do that? You let him take it. Cast your care on him. He cares for you. Learn to let go of the things that you hold on so tight. You know, you know when you hold on to things so tight? Maybe you're holding on to your kids really tight. It's not good. Because you got to let go and let God have it. Let go. Trust God with your children. Trust God with your job. Oh, I got to hold on to this job. I mean, I got to have the money. Then you're serving the spirit of mammon. Right? No. Nope. I'm going to trust God. God, thank you for this job. I'm content. Thank you for this job. Thank you that you blessed me with the job. I thank you, Lord. But if God says tomorrow, I've got something else for you to do, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do what you said do. I'm not going to be concerned about money. God's got money. i got to have peace. Amen?